Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shane Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Chain Attack. I'm your host Trevor, and I still do not have my Return to Dark Tower game. I'm so sad. I'm Jay, and uh, I'm trying to think what game I don't have, but I'm sure there's <laughs> <laughs> some game I'm I'm very excited for that hasn't arrived yet. I'm Josh, and what I don't have yet is 32 people gathered up on a specific date to play Vampire: The Masquerade Blood Feud. <laughs> Yes, yeah. why are you such a failure? You can't kickstart that. Uh, I won't lie. I My attention has been a little... <laughs> diverted. A little diverted, yeah. That's probably the right way to say it. <laughs> have, have you cracked open the box yet? No, it's just sitting unopened. Oh, it just, it just makes really me smile depressed. every time I walk by it because I remember Trevor making a hilarious post about it in our Discord <laughs> chat. And, you know, as far as Kickstarter games, I, I lose track of what I have Kickstarted. So <laughs> the nice thing is I'll be pleasantly surprised someday, probably. Yeah. I it's Oh, actually, go ahead. I've just been waiting really close. I've been watching Re- Return to Dark Tower so closely. It's one of the few Kickstarters that I pay that much attention to. Sure. And sure. and, and I'm in the, the you know, the, the Facebook group, and I see posts from people who have received their copies every day. And, and, you know, there's probably 10 posts of people who have received their copies and 10 posts of people who have not complaining or not. So it's just, it has become... How many, how many complaint posts have you made so far? Me? No, <laughs> I, I have. <laughs> Amazing. I, I almost made one about, you know, being on uh, spring break with my kids and not having it to play. Uh, but I, I held back. I suppose I did make that complaint on Twitter. So I, I've at least complained publicly, but not in the Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Twitter um, complaints are a dime a dozen anyway, right? So. Yeah, I mean, what, what other purpose is there for Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> so we do, uh, I guess, at least a somewhat pertinent topic. Recently, uh, Cephal Affair uh, did an update where they said that the what people had already paid on Kickstarter, if they had backed Frosthaven, uh, that price was going to be still what it was. But when it went through distribution and went to retail, that the price of Frosthaven, they had previously been expecting it to be $160, and that instead, the price was going to be $250. Uh, wow. Which is suggested a retail. significant price change. I mean, that's a lot of money. That's $90 more. Yes, that is that is how math works. Yeah. I get it. Trevor's brain is trying to comprehend this I'm level trying to of... comprehend that amount of increase. Yeah, right, right. Like, in theory, you're trying to hit, you know, a 50% cost to price range. You know, maybe you're not going to get quite get it because you're on the upper end of, of 
but but you're adding ninety dollars of cost on the end. That's that's just that's a that's a whole new that's a big board game. The mind it boggles. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of so there's there were a fair number of people who when I've talked about this online or posted online who they're like, Oh, that that pushes it over, I'm out. Which I mean I can understand. Although I would say that if this was a game that you were actually going to play, then it still feels very easy to get your money's worth out of the the, the game. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. Um, I my, the issue for me was I was I was kind of out on it anyway because I was just like, well, why would I not wait, you know, two, three, four years, whatever, and just buy the electronic version that. I'm going to enjoy way more anyway. <laughs> right. For significantly less. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hey, can you imagine someone trying to release a video game that costs $250? I mean, uh, they do it all the time, but they do it through DLC. But I mean, can you imagine yeah, them true. having a I'm little... like, please don't ask me to check what I've spent on Hearthstone. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah, I've spent more than $250 in one month on, on World of Tanks. So don't really, you know. Don't, this don't, is a judgment-free zone, is that what yeah, you're yeah, saying? Don't, don't pull the curtain back, is all I'm saying. But <laughs> if something had a price tag of $250 up front, you know, there would be rioting in the streets. Yeah. So I, I guess I'm curious. Where I've, I've already said that I was already out on this game, but uh, were, were you guys interested in the game, and has this price point changed your view on it? So for me, the price point hasn't done it. It's just the way I live my life has done it. Like I, you know what I right. mean? I, yeah. I, I haven't, I still haven't gotten as much play as you should get out of the original Gloomhaven. Right. And I've enjoyed the digital a ton. And it's like, honestly, like this is a sad commentary. I think I want to buy Frosthaven and I probably will buy it just so that it will continue to something like that will continue to be, exist in the world. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I, I well, just love and, that it that is a the, thing. But. If, if at some day your life aligns to where you can get a regular group, you'll have it to, to play with, but yeah, right, right. And you know, let's not pretend like it's not my own fault the way my life doesn't align, but. Oh, so I, I mean, at, at some, at some point you could, I'm assuming once your son is a few years older, it could fairly feasibly be something that the two of you played together, couldn't it? Yeah, that, that's probably that's probably true, Jay. That's a fair point. It, it helps that he'll be the last one in the house. I mean, I think there's a point where you guys you're going to be, you, you know, the the number of tasks required of you will will start to dwindle. Right, right. Uh, so I've gotten all of my money out of the original. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and and then some. And so I, I backed the Kickstarter. So I, I was willing to pay the $160 sure. at two, at two fifty, I probably would have passed, which is maybe a strange thing to say. Cause I think I would get, actually, I don't know that I'm going to get my money out of the 160 on it. The truth is, I don't know if I can get another group together. I've basically pissed all the people off that come to my house and play games. So. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> So I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, I think that the more likely thing is I'll be doing J-Dead. I'll have a copy. It'll sit in the corner unopened, or I'll open it and look at it once. Um, but I just don't. Maybe, I mean, the most likely situation is that I'll play with my kids, but that seems a little unlikely, too. Um, my daughter 
she's really tired of getting beaten up by the rest of the family in board games, so she doesn't really want to play them too much anymore. Um, my Sad. youngest loves board games and would absolutely um, beg me to play it every night. Um, my wife obviously still loves board games, and, and our oldest boy, um, you really have to push him hard to get him to play a board game, and his limit's more like Uno. Like, he doesn't really want to play anything more complex than that. He, okay. and he, wants, he wants it to be done quickly so that he can go back to playing video games. So, I mean, if we end up playing Frosthaven, it'll be my wife, me, and my youngest. Which, that's pretty likely, actually, at some point. Especially when he gets, you know, 14, 15, which is not as many years away as it sounds. <laughs> All right, exactly, exactly. I mean, who knows? Maybe I should. Maybe I should get... Well, maybe I should have backed it so that when I end up over in Boise, you know, I just convinced all the lobbyists to come on back. To my- <laughs> like, you'd be like, listen, I'm willing to vote for your bill, but you're going to have to come play a game with me. Listen, if you want to earn my vote, you got to help me unlock the next character in Frost Gaming. <laughs> all of a sudden, I, I feel like running for political office this week. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to, to, to flip the flip the game back on them. Like, no, 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 you can't take me out to dinner. You must play a board game with me. <laughs> oh my, oh, my heck! That would be the most beautiful lie I had ever told myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot! Um. So as always. Check out DiscountGamesInc.com for your gaming needs and for your dopamine rushes that will help you get through the day or week. (laughs) Um, So our topic for this week, uh, a few days ago, the latest John Scalzi book released, and all three hosts have read it, Um, and we we can probably do this entire uh grading as a spoiler free grade would you would you say i think you could yeah sure i think so i think we can okay especially so new as it is you're saying yeah well and i i think we can talk about it without it being i don't know just just the way the story is the you can talk about it without necessarily getting deep into the plot i think yeah Yeah, we can we can talk about it without getting into the plot so uh you if you're interested in this book, you can listen to the whole episode and we won't ruin it for you. So hooray for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, I guess I'm curious how I'm so Scalzi is, is one of my favorite authors. I'm curious what, where does he fall for, for you two? Mm, yeah. I mean, he's easily in my top five, I would say. Okay. Um, it's interesting because I feel like I, I feel like I like his earlier stuff more than I have liked his recent stuff. I, I hope that Jay doesn't kick me out of the club for that, but no, I that's that's okay, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I am not as well read as my two co-hosts, so I I don't necessarily have favorite authors. Um, I I can admit that. Uh, of what I've read, I have always... That's not been... true. You love the guy who wrote the code for World of Tanks. <laughs> That's not a book. <laughs> okay, all right. Carry on. <laughs> um, so it's it's a little hard for me to say, I guess, because there's a lot of Scalzi I have not read. But everything I have read 
I have at least not hated. Uh, <laughs> so let me let me. It's a big deal for me, Trevor. Yeah, let yeah, me with, let me I quantify that. Let me quantify that. He's an excellent writer. Like his prose is is very easy to read. He does a great job of of pulling you into the world. Um, I don't always care for his plots. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So he, I, I appreciate him for what he is, which is a fantastic writer. Um, as far as the what the prose he puts on the page, uh, I very much enjoyed uh, all of the books that I read in the Old Man's War. I have not read much of of his stuff outside of that but i if someone said you should read this and it's scalzy i wouldn't even hesitate for a second to pick it up because i know for a fact that he isn't going to leave me uh, describing a plant for six pages or whatever you know (laughs) i i I know that he's going to know how to pace it i know that he's going to know how to do a good job of describing it and i know that i'm going to have witty banter and good dialogue like I know that it's going to have yeah, some. Of yeah. the, these elements are going to be consistent regardless of what I read, and so that alone keeps me coming back to whatever he's going to do. And I haven't read all of the Old Man's War. I think there's books that have been released since I since I read them. So, but I would I would gladly go back and reread them, and I think my wife would too. We very much enjoyed Scalzi. Have you Have you read the uh, Red Shirts, Trevor? No, I have not. No, that one is good. Yeah. It's so the premise is, didn't really catch me is why I didn't. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a little bit hit or miss for, um, for people. Um, it's, so it's the book that he won the Hugo for, for best novel. And it's also kind of one of the books that kicked off. Wait, the. Is that his only Hugo? I think it's his, his only best novel Hugo. I think oh, he man. has some for, for lesser awards. Maybe oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm pretty sure that's the case. Um, and uh, it was, you know, there's there's a fair number of people who don't like Scalzi because they don't like his politics, and so uh, him getting that award was one of the things that that kicked off the sad puppy uh, stuff with the Hugos, where there was like just it, it's kind of a long, tedious thing, anyways. But there was a backlash to the Hugos. Because, you know, they were a lot of people felt like uh, the Hugos were, you know, awarding uh, people for their politics or for their identity or et cetera. And so that was. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily I'm, you know, one of many who don't necessarily agree with Scalzi's politics. But I honestly, I guess I'm maybe more tolerant of that sort of thing. Like, I don't I don't. I realize that I have differing opinions from other people and I'm willing to accept that. I, I, I don't care what his politics are. Yeah. Is your story entertaining? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what I care about. And, and I, I guess maybe people don't necessarily like giving money to people that they don't agree with, but I, I don't know. I view it very differently. Maybe he's, I should. <laughs> I, he's also, one of the things he he'll say on his Twitter is like, he kind of gets, uh, typecast is like this raging li- liberal and he kind of views himself as like this very tepid but i don't know. anyways that doesn't really matter uh, yeah don't don't follow him on twitter 
<laughs> and I can I can safely say that for basically anyone, uh, unless you want your feed filled with you know seventy percent Scalzi and thirty percent all of the other people you follow. Is he still as prolific? Jan, I, I don't know. Twitter? I quit following. Uh, no, he's not as prolific. Yeah. There was a date and time where I basically said I've had enough. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I Just volume, read. sheer volume, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Of, yeah, of yeah. Scalzi all day long. I'm like, don't you ever write? Like besides on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, so did did either of you read the post log of of the book oh i didn't no no i guess i probably didn't well it's actually pretty interesting and um and he's talked a little bit about it on on twitter as well but you know he's he is someone who has always part of like his identity as an author has been you know i am the person who you know i have this nice contract from tour and I put out books on time. I'm not one of the authors who misses deadlines. And then 2020 was happening and he um, was working on like this really deep, complex, dark novel and it wasn't really working for him. And so he finally got to, you know, just about the deadline date and he, uh, contacted his publisher and he's like, I, you know, I just, I'm not going to make it. Basically. I'm not going to, I'm not going to make it. And I don't even think that I can do this book because it's not working for me right now. Interesting. And, and then the next, and he's, and he's having like this existential crisis of like, you know, who even am I, if I'm not the author who <laughs> delivers you know, on time, and... delivers on time and et cetera. Right. And so then the, the next day he, once he has put down this like burden of I'm going to do this book that, and he, he said that part of it was that his mind just wasn't functioning on, he couldn't do this deep complex book during 2020 when he, he felt like the world was on fire and he couldn't concentrate and, you know, et cetera. And so then the next day after he had sent the, I'm not going to, you know, make my deadline, he contacted and said, actually, I have a new book idea and it's, it was the Kaiju preservation society. And he said, and I'm going to have it done in, uh, in time. And so he, he wrote the book. He, from like concept to having it finished, uh, was, was done in about a month, I think maybe a little bit less. Um, that's pretty impressive. The, the last one, the last book he had spent a year thinking about the, the book and because he would spend time on Twitter or be distracted with the world, etc. Um, he plotted it out, etc. in his mind, but he kept procrastinating actually writing it. Okay. And when it came time to actually write it, he wrote it in a week because that was he only had a week left on his deadline. <laughs> um, and that this was is the dark was, complex one that you're talking no, about. No, that was that was book three of the inner interdependency oh okay okay yeah 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 so that one he wrote in a week and he said that afterwards he felt like he should yeah, never do that again a vegetable that had <laughs> had all will to live drained out of him <laughs> in energy. okay okay so yes he did not want to repeat that but that's that's i guess a little bit of the backstory of how it was written which i i thought was kind of interesting and and he's said when promoting the the book that he this was the book that he needed to write right now and that it is very 
light. It is like a pop song and that uh, it was what he needed to write. And he's hoping that there are people for whom it's, it's the right time for them to read something. That's like that such well. a great description. That makes so much sense to me, Jay. I'm, I'm glad that you shared that because the other thing I was going to say is I feel like this is actually the safest intro to Scalzi that you could hand somebody. Right. This is not the book I would hand them. Well, I guess what I mean is like at almost any age group, like because I that's why I said to Jay, I said this felt like a young adult novel when I got done reading it. You know what I mean? So I you your, said that your young adult our... novels have a lot more f words in them than mine do. Apparently. <laughs> well, no, what that tells you is that I'm clearly desensitized to the number <laughs> of those words that I read in books, right? Uh, yes, that's true too. But you, you said <laughs> that in our in our group text uh, after we're done reading it, Josh. And uh, on on the one hand, I, I can see why you say that. Uh, but my main rebuttal with it is that this book doesn't have a love triangle in it, and so well, that's why I felt like it was YA, is because they didn't have like love scenes or any of that kind of. Oh stuff no! Like it. every every young adult novel has to have a love triangle. I mean, that's, oh, I, see, I, see. Okay. All right. I, I so, don't know if I agree with that, but sure. I mean, Katniss has to decide which, you know, is it going to be this <laughs> oh, stunningly handsome person? Yes, right. Yes. I mean, she chose wrong, by the way. <laughs> I guess that's true. Even in Shadow and Bone, we had to decide if it was the dark. Yes. I mean, the dark are, you, I are you, are you, are you team Jacob or are you team <laughs> Edward? How about neither? Can I go neither? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Oh, shoot. Okay, well, whatever. I feel like this book could have not had F-words, and it wouldn't have changed it at all. That's true. I agree yeah. with that. So yeah, maybe that's that. part of why I felt like that, too. But. Yeah. I I kind of felt like... Um, I So I'll agree with you, Josh, that it does feel, uh, a, a, in its tone and pacing, maybe a little bit young adultish. I also kind of felt like it was maybe about two thirds as long as I, as I thought it should have been. Yes. Yes. Because some of, some of the like climax and denouement was shorter than, or, or came perhaps quicker than it needed to. Right. If it felt like there was a fair bit of uh world building stuff that went on. Yeah. And then the actual quote unquote plot of it was fairly short. He, so I would call it, he used the word, the term pop song, but I would have called it the summer blockbuster. Sure. So yeah, that's right. This, this is, this, this feels yeah. plot wise as um, thin as the summer blockbuster. And it, this is, this has already been optioned for television. Not that <coughs> that means that it's going to have anything happen to it because that's, you know, yeah, because that's common. Optioning, optioning doesn't mean much. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, as you say, he's had some stuff optioned already, hasn't he? It's, yeah, yeah, he has a lot of stuff options. Yeah, it's it's the, they're planting their flag is really all they're doing to mm-hmm. to have it available. Right. But that's more what it what it felt like to me is like it almost felt like here's my pitch for a movie and there you go, you know. And, and, and do you do you feel that that is for so for a book about kaiju? Do you feel that that is appropriate or did you want more? I wanted more. There was um, very little descriptions about some of the creatures. Like just it, he would tell uh-huh. us it, it's a kaiju, and he wouldn't tell us anything more. That that was that was literally the extent. We knew that it had wings occasionally. 
Uh, I, I specifically, so there's, these are, I don't know how much these are spoilers, but the very first kaiju you read about in the book, he gives us nothing. He tells us nothing about the way it appears. Most of the characters in the book, and he, I know he does this on purpose, but most of the characters in the book, he gives us zero description. No height, no hair color, nothing. You, you don't even know if they're skinny or fat. You know absolutely nothing about these characters as far as what they actually look, which in normally in a book, you're going to get some of that. Like it feels like almost like it was left. Some of it was done on purpose, but some of it, it feels like it was almost like, well, you know, if this were the movie, you would just see them and there would be no description. Oh, yeah. Good po- uh, that is interesting. I hadn't thought of that. And and but you the one that I think bothered me the most is the um, the flora and fauna of the planet. For the vast majority, we get zero description. Other than the tree crabs. Correct. There is one creature we get a description of, and then we get a, a very generalized description of the two or one major kaiju that, that are discussed in the book. But any of the others, we don't we get nothing. We are just left completely up to our imagination. And if you know kaiju, they can come in a million different forms. You know, they're not just Godzilla. Right. So uh, that those were the parts that um, I, you know, I, I said when we started this, that, that, that Scalzi wasn't going to go on for six pages describing <laughs> something, but in this particular he case, didn't. <laughs> in this particular case, he didn't even give me a description. He just let me come up with whatever. And it works. He reverse Tolkien you. Yeah, it, it works. But I was, I was left wishing that he could have added an extra, you know, over the course of the whole thing, it would have been maybe 50 pages of 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 what the world was like and who these people were and et cetera, et cetera, um, that were just sort of kind of left out. Things that he said before is that um, the rise of importance of audiobooks in the publishing industry has changed the way that he writes. Interesting. And so, as an example, in a lot of his um, early work, he'll have a lot of, like, he said or she said. And uh, in his more recent works, that's um, not not in there in, in the same way. And it uh, makes me wonder a little bit what the experience of uh, listening to this as an audiobook, what that would, would be like. Uh, yeah. I, I, his, his banter, his, his discussion, the, the things that are said between the characters are still fantastic. That's one of Scalzi's strong points. So I think that maybe that's good. And I think that it would work well in an audio format. Um, yeah. One of the, so here's one of my potential complaints about this, this book. And it can sometimes be with Scalzi in general, but it's, I think it was more pronounced in this book. Um, so are, are both of you or either of you, um, oh man, I'm having a, a brain fart. Um, uh, there's a, okay. So there's a, a guy who does TV and movies by the name of, of Aaron Sorkin. Um, mm-hmm. are, are you guys familiar with this person? Didn't he do the West wing? Isn't that kind of, that's, that's one of the things he did. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, um I'm familiar with the name. I wouldn't necessarily be able to point out things that he's done off the top of my head. Um, so here's here's some of the besides uh, West Wing, which um, 
Josh mentioned. Some of the other stuff he's done is um, A Few Good Men, uh, Molly's Game, um, Moneyball, um, Charlie Wilson's War, The Social Network, um, etc. So he, a lot of his shows, the it's like everyone who's on the show does like this uh, witty, snarky banter to each other. And and a lot of times it feels like they're talking at about 1.25 speed uh, so that they can, can can get all of the dialogue in. Um, but one of the things that's in in this book, like I I Trevor, you said that one of the things you always expect going into a Scalzi book is that it's going to have good dialogue, etc. And and I do like that about his books. But there's there also comes a point where it's it seems kind of um, disbelievable when every character is super witty is super witty (laughs) yeah that's fair even the bad guy uh, in in this particular situation many of the um, people are being portrayed as being highly intelligent so i don't necessarily bother me as much in this book but i do understand where you're coming where you know every single character is like man i wish i was you know this is the dialogue you have in the shower after the conversation happens yeah Yeah, Yeah, right right you would have said it like that you know that's so funny (laughs) so i don't know that's that's a pretty minor complaint overall but it, it is something that i think is kind of amusing I generally, um, that's not something that bothers me. I like movies. Quentin Tarantino is another example that, you know, a lot of his dialogue is quite witty. I, you know, it doesn't bother me. I like that. I like having dialogue that's witty like that. And I, even if it's unreal, technically a little bit unrealistic, you know. Yeah. So it is It is something that I enjoy. It's something I enjoy in, in all forms of me. So I sort of look for that or hope for that. And, you know, I've mentioned my love of Ryan Reynolds before um, and the fantastic movie that I just watched last night, The Adam Project. Um, some of that is because of the dialogue that he just sort of feels almost spontaneously talks. And and the thing you mentioned about, you know, speaking fast, Ryan Reynolds does that too. My wife right. compl- complained about it last night and I'm like, no, no, that's part of the luster. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I guess what were some of your guys' uh, other overall thoughts or opinions on, on the book? Uh, I mean, I did like a couple of the things. Uh, I, I guess this is in the world building category, right? But I just, mm-hmm. I did enjoy a couple of the ways in which um, either the characters or the world sort of interacted with the kaiju, you know, like certain missions, let's say, with spraying certain things and the effects of those things. I thought that was all kind of fun and it's not something that you necessarily have seen in a kaiju uh story before right so uh, i in some ways i'm sort of agreeing with you jay that i feel like there's world building that happened that didn't you didn't get to take full advantage of but mm-hmm. but i did enjoy a lot of that if that makes sense yeah so i don't remember which one of you mentioned it you said that this was if you were going to introduce some discalzi this might be the book you That was josh i yeah, did i, I, made, I would... i made rash uh you know suggestions i i would not i think this is of the books i've read this is easily his weakest that i've read 
and I haven't read all of them, but I, I read some of his stronger books, to be fair. Um, the book is interesting. I will never pick this book up again. I just don't have any reason to. It's too light. And, it's too summer blockbustery. It's like, okay, yes, that was fun, but I'm not going to re- go back and watch it again or read it again in this particular case. This is probably not how I'd introduce Scalzi to someone. Um, you know, I would go straight to Old Man's War and hand it to them. I just think it's a much better representation of what Scalzi can do. So this was this was a fun book. I completed it quickly. It's short. Um, I would say that if you like Scalzi, you should read this. If you're new to Scalzi, this is not where you should start. Yeah, that's that's fair. fair. Yeah. Um, one other things that's, I guess, somewhat interesting uh, related to, I guess this is somewhat related to characters, world building, descriptions, etc. But the the main character their name is jamie um he doesn't really i think at one point he does like towards the end of the book one of the characters says he in relation to them but for the majority of of the book you don't know the gender of the main character Um, i actually don't think there's ever the he i I don't i think there was at one point but it's it's possible that the sentence could have been referring to someone else as well and not the main character but i I remember reading it and being like oh wow i'm kind of surprised that uh that's there um and there's there is a side character that is uh transgender there's a side character that's non-binary and it's all of it is very just like doesn't really matter to the story it's just these are characters that are participating in the story and so so i didn't catch that part the transgender character so i don't even know who you're talking about um the main character was left ambiguous and i actually really really like that because it feels like regardless of who's reading it they can they can project themselves yeah they can project themselves into it i think that that was a fantastic decision um i am old old grammar school sort of person and every time i read they or them in a sentence i had to reread it to understand (laughs) it um and i you know i'm i'm gonna apologize for my 80s upbringing it just it just was that was it was jarring to me every time i read it and i know it shouldn't be but it was um and i had to go back and reread the sentence to try to figure out what he was trying to say so uh, that's just the way i was taught as a child you know so anyway yeah the the transgender character i think is the when at the very start kind of leaves behind his apartment to his two roommates and yeah one of one of those two was was transgender oh really was it the rude video game guy or the other yeah 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 larities okay okay i didn't i guess i never was it that indicated somewhere i i didn't miss that completely well i think that's Um, kind of jay's point is that it might have been but it was very just sort of like I'm pretty so I I'm pretty sure the the way that it it uh, became evident was he so the main character the hero he um, ends up get landing this job that provides him a, a better income and right. it prevents they they had been talking about how you know the other two were potentially going to have to go talk to or go live with the family of Laertes. Mm-hmm. And that that would involve uh, his family using uh, their dead name. Which oh, is... I missed that. I guess. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I remember that now. Okay. So that is a transgender person's old name. Well, 
it's interesting you keep using the pronoun he for the main character because in my mind it was a girl the whole the whole book um, sure yeah yeah <laughs> I, I you know i don't have a good reason as to why i chose that i just did so which for me is not common you know if if you leave it up to me to pick the gender of, of <laughs> the main character and and latch onto it i'm i'm generally going to lean towards someone who's male like well me, so yeah part of it was that her her his his uh i i'm, I'm pretty sure it does indicate that um Laertes was a transgender male and pr- probably part of the reason why you assumed that it that sh- the gender was female was because the no no, no i'm talking i'm talking about the main character i actually saw oh, the main character okay I actually yeah. assumed that both of the the roommates were were male. I assumed that oh, they were okay. a, gay, a gay couple. Sure. That was my assumption, and so um, whatever. But the, I was talking about the main character. The main character, I read it as a girl the whole the whole book. Uh, I think I I think I read it as not that it it didn't really matter. No, it way. did. It didn't matter. <laughs> no, uh, but I, that's why that's why I think I would have. When you said that later in the book there was a a reference to he to the main character, right. I think yeah. I would have caught it, but maybe not. Yeah, I wish I would have screenshotted the um, page. Yeah, <laughs> alas. Um, well, are there any uh, any other thoughts before we get to grading? It was a fun read. I mean, it was fast, but it was a fun read. So it's I, I really like Trevor's calling it a summer blockbuster. I think that really is a good description because that's the kind of fun that you would end up having with it all right well let's go through our grading rubric the first one is design yes um so i give like high points for world building i give high points for dialogue because it's it's like we've talked about it's scalzy dialogue and then i think the weak points is just how sort of fast the plot happened came right you know like we talked about a little bit so yeah, that's kind I, of what i said before yeah, I I think I give it just a slightly above average because the other the world building and the and the dialogue pulls it up. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's a six. That's probably where I'm at as well. Um, you mentioned this I think on the Discord, Josh. You said no one does tropes better than Scalzi. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and I'm like, yeah, but it's just so tropey. Like, he <laughs> takes the trope and just like leans into it, and it yeah, hard, it, very hard. It, I. I needed some when I pick up sci-fi I kind of want something different or new and I just didn't feel like I got it here. So uh, clearly he he the writing is good, the pacing's great, it's a short read, um the story's fun, but it doesn't I don't feel like it breaches any new ground. And for sci-fi I want to have some new ground broached. I'm going to give it a 5 here. It just does there's some quality in the writing but there's some stuff I feel like is missing. Okay. On to time management. So I have mixed feelings about this because <laughs> I read this so fast. It feels like I should give it a high point. I mean, like I was done with this in just over a day. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, it feels like it should get some points for that, but like, I also feel like it, it rushed the conclusion a little bit. Right. Like <sighs> there's, yeah, there's almost a feeling that, it almost feels a little bit more like a novella than a novel. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a good description. So um, I'm going to say, yeah, having said all that, I, I'm going to give it a, a, a six, like a slightly above average, because it is a fat, like, even if the even if the novel were longer because of the prose and, you know, just his style, I still feel like it would have felt like a 
fast read. So I think that's where I'm at. Yeah, it's it's rare that you'll hear me say that this was too fast of a read, but really it was. It needed right. to be, you know, even I felt like it would have benefited even from 20 more pages, say. Um, it felt like the the main conflict that happens at the end and, and the resolution of that just, it's just sort of blitz through a little too quick. So that that's where I'm going to dock it a little bit is this was, it did a great job of using the time that it takes, but it needed to take just a little bit more. So what's your uh, your number? Um, probably six or seven. I mean, it, it's it's good. I just wish it were better. Yeah, Jay, what was your number? Sorry. Probably probably seven. Yeah. Okay, so now repeatability, which we already know this will be lower on Trevor's. I I'm trying to imagine if I could see myself reading this again, and I feel like I could, um, just because it's so <laughs> so fast, right? Like if I felt like feeling like I was reading Pacific Rim again i guess i might reread it so i would i would give it an average i would say there's a 50 50 chance of me rereading it mm. i'd rather I, watch i'd rather just watch pacific rim yeah well that's fair i would probably reread it if there is another book in the series that comes out i would this would be easy to reread before yeah that to warm up for it that's a the next point. one mm-hmm. but other than that probably not but i wouldn't be super inclined to uh, the, I guess the other situation I could see would be if I decide, like, you know what, I'm just going to reread every novel by Scalzi. Uh, sure, sir. So I'll, pr- I'll probably give it a four. And Trevor, you? Uh, so my reading time is precious to me because I'm such a slow reader. It's hard for me to get through books as quickly as my co-hosts. Um, generally I need a book that really engages me for me to get it done in a quick amount of time. And to be fair, I, even though that's with that disclosure, I still finish this book in five days. Um, but I had to push myself when I wouldn't have normally done so. Um, I just don't think I'll ever come back and reread this. And the truth is, is if another book in the series came out, I didn't enjoy this enough to actually take the time allotment out to read the next one. I would probably rather reread Old Man's War and continue on with the books mm-hmm. I maybe have not completed or try something else from Scalzi rather than continue in this series. Um, I just don't... For one, kaiju are not necessarily one of my favorite topics. Okay. I, I, I don't mind them, but they're not necessarily... They're not Ryan Reynolds or time travel. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's just it's not really my cup of tea per se. Um, I, if this came out as a movie, I would be, you know, I'd be right in line to watch it. I, th- I think that it, it is a great summer blockbuster sort of style movie, but I won't reread this book. I probably won't read if there's more in the series. I won't read those either. I just, I've got too many other things on the stack. So this is, I mean, this is a one for me on rereadability. I just don't have any desire or need to reread it. Okay, let's talk about fun. For me, this is the book's highest score. I like the plot. I'm a sucker for kaiju. Uh, I mean, and I I did enjoy, like we talked about, some of the world building. So I I think the fun on this is uh, it's an easy seven for me. I'm probably gonna agree with the seven. It is a fun book. Um, it's a quick read. Like if you're a fast reader, there's no reason not to read this book. I think. Yeah, exactly. It's not like you're it's not like you're investing a lot of time or effort. You know, you're you're just gonna have a quick jaunt through kaiju territory so um and i'll i'll probably go with an eight for it such a fanboy over there in that corner that's true uh overall 
so overall, I mean, I think um, I, I actually kind of have to look at the sum here, even though nor- a lot of times we'll say that the sum is greater than the parts. But I think it, I think it's still just barely above us uh, average for me. So I, I'm going to give it a six for overall. And I think that's fine. I think that um, it is a fairly a fairly average Scalzi book. I don't think that it's I don't think it has some of the noteworthy things that uh, that some of the other books by him have. Yeah. And so right. I, I think that uh, detracts from it in comparison to some of the others. But it's also um, I like it. I know there's a lot of people who like to lock in series from him. Right. Um, for whatever reason, they're the ones that I've liked the least. And so it's not my my least favorite um, books by the author. Um, so. I would I would I would call it a fairly average book by the author towards the lower end of his uh, range. Range, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll admit that that I was a little bit maybe disappointed because I had such a high expectation from what I'd previously read of Scalzi, and and he still delivered on some Scalzi esque things, um, but overall it wasn't as good as I had hoped. So um, I. I not well read in Scalzi. I mean, I've read four or five of his books, however many I've read in Old Man's War, but I devoured those. I mean, I devoured Old Man's War. Right. Like I, I completed Old Man's War and probably is one of those books I completed in three or four days, you know, which is very uncommon for me, especially for a book of that length. Um, so my, my wife loves Old Man's War too. She re listened to it on audiobook just a, maybe a couple of years ago. Um, and, uh, we both had faulty memory as far as how many swear words there were. Uh, so she had to stop it every time the kids were in the car. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, this was not as good. So it feels like a very average book to me, you know, five range. Okay. So audience, I guess. I think it really depends on younger your, kids. Probably not. Yeah. But it depends on your tolerance or your tolerance for your children reading the F word beyond that. I just feel like, uh, there's very little here. There's not like super descriptions of violence. There is some some action, but I wouldn't call it violent or descriptive yeah, yeah. violence. Yep. Um, yep. There's there's uh, no uh, innuendo or sex in the book in any way. Um, there's mm, there's no not... human. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, but I mean, again, it wasn't particularly graphic, you know. Uh, I mean, yeah. are you are you willing to let your children watch National Geographic kaiju? Yeah, it's exactly right. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess Josh is correct. <laughs> so, uh, but there is you know some some swearing that again feels unnecessary. It did really feel unnecessary because it never was like it wasn't the one PG thirteen. This is where we need the impact. It was just it just it's thrown throughout for no particular reason other than he likes to use the word. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then go, no go. I mean, I am a go on this. Obviously I think we, I feel like I'm like harder on this book than I've been on a lot of things in my history, but you just have high expectations of, of this author. That's right. Of anything Kaiju. It's, it's a go for me as well. And Trevor. Um, this is probably, I mean, if I hindsight seeing 2020, I would probably would have rather spent my time on another book. I just have too many books to read. And this just, if, if you're 
you know, the really well-read and you've, you've, you're just always looking for another book that you can throw onto the stack because your stack's too short, then sure, throw it on the stack. But for me, I have way more books that need to be read. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, it's funny because of the way that the author wrote it, like the story you were telling us, Jay, but it, in a lot of ways, this thing feels like a palate cleanser. Yeah. 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 I guess I wasn't in need of that sort of thing at the, yeah. this time. So yeah, that's fair. Yeah. There you go. All right. There you have it. There you have it. Well, let us know what you guys think. And if you're interested or if you're going to give it a read, let us know.